Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsayed Lee. The goal of the Jesus Witch Podcast is not to be evangelical or theological, but to simply discuss the ways to incorporate Jesus into your witchery practice that shines a light on his truth, his love, and his message of oneness. I drop new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday, so don't forget to subscribe to the show and also rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsayed Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on Instagram. You could also follow the podcast on Instagram at the Jesus Witch Pod. And if you're loving the Jesus Witch Podcast so far, don't forget to subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting app. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, if you could leave us a five-star review, that helps get the word out about the show. This week, we are going to be talking about Aquarius season. As you know, Aquarius season started on January 20th and ends on February 18th. Today, we're going to break down Aquarius season, talk about the prominent transits that are happening in the sky this year, and we're going to also talk about the ways you could take care of yourself during all these crazy transits. Before we jump into our conversation about Aquarius season, I just want to let you know if you want to help sponsor this podcast and um, help us get a real microphone, I'm currently recording off of a $5 headset from Five Below, which is why the audio quality isn't the greatest, but I would love to save up for a blue snowball microphone. I think I only need around $70 for a blue snowball, so if you would like to contribute um, and donate to the podcast so we can get a blue snowball microphone and I can make better episodes, better sounding episodes for you visit paypal.me slash the jesus witch podcast and you can make a donation right there but don't worry the link for the paypal and everything else we talk about today will be in the show notes page down below or to the side i don't know where it is it depends on the podcasting app you're using anyway (laughs) let's jump in to our conversation about aquarius and talk about one of the most unique and special signs, uh, at least in my opinion. I always say if I have a third baby, um, I currently have my first is a Sagittarius, my second baby is a Gemini. No, he's not. He's a Gemini moon. My second baby is a Virgo. My husband's in a Gemini. But if we ever have a third, I want it to be an Aquarius because Aquariuses are the bomb.com. So let's talk about them and figure out why. They are just simply just such a good sign. I love Aquarius so much. Aquarius is the 11th sign of the zodiac. It is an air sign along with Gemini and Libra, and it is also a fixed sign along with Scorpio, Leo, and Taurus. Aquarius tends to be extremely knowledgeable. You guys are like the rebels of the zodiac, which is why I love you so much. You see society for what it is, and you see the places that you can radically change it and make moves to bring about that change. Aquarius tends to be really set and fixed in their ways and fixed on the ideal society that they would like to create. So sometimes it's a little bit challenging for you guys to exist in our not so great society because you know the potential that this world has you know how people can be equal and how people everybody can be valued and how knowledge can be shared and you just want to start implementing that Aquarius is ruled by the planet Uranus and Uranus brings about a lot of sudden change it is really the rebel of the zodiac and any major like world revolutions that we've had aspects to Uranus have been a 
huge factor in like revolutions and that kind of stuff because Uranus really really likes to change the way society is just like Aquarius really likes to change the way that society is Aquarius is a sign that takes place during the winter months in the northern hemisphere in the southern hemisphere it would be a summer sign um, but the key to like figuring out where each like sign is so cardinal signs they lead the seasons they're the leaders of the season so Aries starts spring for the northern hemisphere Cancer starts um, summer and you know then Libra starts fall and Capricorn starts winter um, but then the fixed signs are the signs that come after that so Taurus is the second sign in spring they're the fixed earth sign Leo's the second sign in summer they're the fixed fire sign uh, Scorpio is the second sign of fall they're the fixed water sign and Aquarius is the second sign of winter they are the fixed air sign then at the end of each season that's when we have our mutable signs so Gemini Sagittarius Virgo and Pisces are the ones who end out each season so Pisces obviously ends out winter Gemini ends out spring you can hear my cat trying to get into a cardboard box right now but Gemini closes out spring um, Virgo closes out summer and then Pisces closes out winter I think I said that Sagittarius closes out fall that's the one I forgot Let's jump back to Aquarius. The symbol for Aquarius is the water bearer. So I feel like a lot of people get confused about if Aquarius is a water sign or an air sign because one, it's the water barrier or bearer. So wouldn't it obviously be a water sign? And two, like the glyph for it literally looks like little like water waves, right? Um, so I feel like it's a little bit confusing for some people to try to figure out if Aquarius is a water and air sign. I definitely believed that Aquarius was a water sign for the longest time. And it took a minute for me to be like, oh, it's an air. To be fair, I also thought that Scorpio was a fire sign for the longest time. Um, <laughs> when I really started to study astrology, that's when I realized um, these signs are different elements than I thought they were. But Aquarius is an air sign. And I think that Aquarius is an air sign because they really value knowledge and spreading that knowledge whereas water signs value more like feelings and emotion the emotional plane Aquarius is a very intellectual sign and I feel like air signs are really really intellectual um, Aquarius is the water bearer because it's symbolically and eternally giving life and spiritual food to the world Aquarius is really important for giving out knowledge they rule over different like spiritual aspects such as astrology astrology is an Aquarian practice Aquarius people also value freedom. It is super important to them to have personal freedom. They seek to share their knowledge and encourage individuality. So if you want to learn how to become an individual, get yourself a heavy Aquarian friend because they will definitely help you do that and help you rebel against society so that you could be yourself. Heavy Aquarius people are just like these most exciting and rebellious enigmas. Um, I, although I'm a heavy Taurus, I'm a Taurus sun, moon, descendant, and Venus all conjunct each other. It's great. Um, <laughs> while I'm a heavy Taurus, I also have very heavy Aquarian placements. I have an Aquarius nadar directly conjunct my Aquarius Uranus. Um, so I can tell you having heavy Aquarius placements makes you a bit of enigma and um, crazy things happen, especially if you're Scorpio rising with heavy Aquarius stuff. Crazy things happen to Aquariuses all the time because they have Uranus. Uranus is really heavy in their chart. Um, I'd also say Aquarius risings have a lot of strange things happen to them because Uranus is their chart ruler as the the this, the planet that rules over your rising sign. 
is your chart ruler. So me as a Scorpio rising, I my chart ruler is either Mars in traditional astrology or Pluto in modern astrology. Um, so if you're an Aquarius rising, your Uranus is the planet that rules you. And girl... And now a quick break to talk about a few ways that you can help to support our show. I absolutely love Christian witchery, reading the Bible through open eyes and connecting to Christ on a more metaphysical level. My passion for him and sharing his truth is a huge reason why I started this podcast. But if this podcast isn't enough, your soul is hungry for more and you want to dive deeper into your craft with Christ, I offer Christian witch coaching sessions so that I can help you on your journey to Christ. During our sessions together, I would help you to create biblically-based spells, deconstruct parts of the Bible, and search for Christ's truth that he is speaking directly to you. I charge $45 for 30 minutes or $80 for 60 minutes with discounts when you book in bulk. Click the link in the show notes page to learn more about this service. Another service that I offer is birth chart readings. I absolutely love astrology. I love helping people dive into their chart and work with planetary placements that may be a little bit more challenging for them and learn how to step into the best version of yourself with guidance from the stars. A birth chart reading with me is done over Zoom and it includes affirmations for each one of the planetary placements that we discuss and suggestions to help you work with them. Oily Happy Mail intuitively created based on your birth chart personalized notes about your specific birth chart and an option to receive a recording of the call. I also offer astro parenting coaching calls to help you understand your kiddo's birth chart where we discuss ways for you to connect with your child on a soul level and how to set them up for success based on their planetary placements. To learn more about the readings that I offer and pricings for each, click the link in the show notes page. In my personal witchery practice, essential oils are the main tool that I use for my spell work. I specifically use Young Living Essential Oils because of their seed-to-seed promise. This promise ensures to me that the oils that I'm getting are not only pure, but sourced in a way that protects the earth and keeps the energetic frequency of the oils high. Another really awesome thing about Young Living is the community that we've created through oils. Our Young Living tribe is called the Sun and Moon Oily Co. Co in this name stands for community because we're all about creating community with like-minded souls looking to better themselves and deepen their journeys into spirituality. Each month, our community hosts a full moon circle, a new moon circle, classes over Zoom and through text message to help you learn unique and different ways to use your oils. As a member of the Sun and Moon Oily Co, you also get access to whenever we do exclusive classes or Zoom calls that are meant for our community specifically. If the Sun and Moon Oily Co sounds like a community that you want to be a part of, click the MyYL link in the show notes page to check out some of my favorite oils or there's also a link in the show notes page to book a free 10 minute consultation with me to discuss your specific needs so I can create a custom oil blend just for you. Speaking of essential oils, I also offer pre-made and pre-charged spell oil blends for you to work into your magic practice over on the Sun and Moon Oily Co. shop. Click the link in our show notes page to check that out as well. Last but not least, you can always contribute to our show by making a one-time donation over on paypal.me slash the Jesus Witch Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and now let's get back to our show. That's a trip. <laughs> Pluto's a hard one to have rule, ruling your chart, but um, yeah, an Aquarius rising, that seems like a real trip because you have Uranus there. Um, but it also probably makes you an incredible individual. You probably really value freedom and you look for ways to make freedom available to everybody in your life. And I think that's super special, which is why I want an Aquarius baby so bad. I want one so bad, okay? Anyway, 
Aquarius is an extremely intelligent sign. Um, as I said before, it rules over world revolutions. It rules over um, rules over astrology. The industrial revolution took place a lot, like mostly during heavy Aquarius and Uranus um, transits. It's a very like it's a, it's a sign that really likes to bring about change, but not in the way that Scorpio. Scorpio really likes to get to the bottom of your soul and dig that stuff out and change through your shadow, right? But Aquarius more looks at society as a whole and figures out what ways we can collectively change so that we can collectively grow and become a more um, idealistic society. The one thing that I have noticed about Aquariuses, though, is they tend to be really aloof, um, and it's hard for Aquarius to connect with their feelings i feel like in the same way that virgo it's it's challenging for them to connect to their feelings it's challenging for aquarius to connect to their feelings and in astrology you really want to like say you're an aquarius right you want to look to the next sign over to see what kind of traits you need to grow into so the next sign after aquarius is pisces and pisces is all about spirituality and emotional and being very emotional and connected and in tune to your emotions so i feel like a big part of an aquarius journey here on earth is to learn how to become more Piscean and learn how to become more connected to their emotions and more in tune with their emotions and more accepting of the emotions of other people. Um, Aquariuses can get very awkward feeling around big emotional reactions. So I think part of your journey is to learn how to accept those emotions, embrace them, and really own them. Not letting emotions control you, but owning them so that they help your growth. Now, let's talk about all of the transits that are happening during Aquarius season because there are a lot. So firstly, on January 18th, right before the sun moves into Aquarius, I felt like this was important to note because it literally happens two days before the sun moves into Aquarius. Um, but on January 18th, the north node of destiny moves into the sign of Taurus and the south node of past lives and karma moves into the sign of Scorpio. So if you are a Scorpio or Taurus sun, moon, or rising, this next year, 2022, um, this next 18 months or so, while the north node transits through these signs, um, the north and south node both transit through the signs of Taurus and Scorpio, these are going to be really, really, really big months for you. Like, it's going to be a big year for you to find your true destiny, to start healing past karmas, past debts. This time is all about really going in deep and digging through your generational trauma and learning how to heal it, especially if you have a Taurus, Scorpio, sun, moon, or rising sign. We can do a whole episode on the North Node change and what it means for people with Scorpio and Taurus placements, but let's start talking more about Aquarius season. So on January 20th, the sun moves into the sign of Aquarius. Then on January 24th, Mars enters into the sign of Capricorn. So when Mars moves into Capricorn, this is going to be a really good time for all of us to focus on our work and our public appearance. Capricorn rules over your profession. It rules over your social status. Uh, Mars is the type of action you take. So how can you take action to improve your social status? Another important thing to do when talking about transits is look at your birth chart and find the house that these transits will fall through so i'm a scorpio rising at one degree so it's pretty easy for me to figure out like where <laughs> where signs transit through so for me on january 24th when mars enters into capricorn it will be transiting my third house of communication so this tells me in order to improve my public standing and improve my profession and the goals that i'm working for i need to take action
action and communicate, which the third house is communication, take action and communicate to people who I would like to be my clients or people who I would like to work with. Um, so focusing a lot on bringing in that Capricorn energy by feeding the Mars placement. So go to your birth chart, figure out what your rising sign is, then find the house that Capricorn lies in. Um, and each house has like a different meaning to them. Like the first house is the house of self. The second house is the house of material possessions. The third house is the house of communication. The fourth house is the house of home and family. Um, we, like, this is a whole other episode I should do. I'm going to write that down now um, to do an astrology 101 episode. So when we have these conversations, it's a little easier. <laughs> not only is it important to know what sign each planet is transiting through but it's important to know where that sign falls in your chart so you know exactly how this transit affects you so then on january 25th we have the last quarter moon in scorpio which is the last major moon phase before the new moon in aquarius um, last quarter moons signify a conclusion of one kind or another. The energy of these moons are very clearing and they're all about swooping out and sweeping out all the leftover energy from the last lunar cycle, from the last full moon, in order to bring about new changes and new manifestations for the next lunar cycle, which is the start, um, which is started by the new moon. So the last quarter moon in Scorpio would be a really great time to do some shadow work, get rid of any unresolved trauma from the last lunar cycle and truly let go of that. Scorpio is also the sign of like generational healing. So this is also a good time to start addressing those issues if you haven't already or figuring out ways to take action, heal the generational curses that you may carry. So after the last quarter moon in Scorpio, we have um, Mercury retrograde entering into the sign of Capricorn. Mercury retrograde starts on January 14th, if I'm remembering correctly. So it starts in the sign of Aquarius and retrogrades all the way back into the sign of Capricorn. I know a lot of people get really anxious about Mercury retrograde because it's the retrograde that happens most frequently but all planets go retrograde at some point currently venus is retrograde in the sign of capricorn which is making some really fun <laughs> conjunctions and aspects with pluto which is also in capricorn so all planets retrograde and when planets go retrograde this is an opportunity for us to turn inward and reevaluate rediscover and use all of those re words to help us truly reach our highest potential so during this mercury retrograde that moves from aquarius to the sign of capricorn this is a really good time for us to evaluate the way that we're learning the kind of content and media that we're consuming is this serving our highest self am i learning something from this thing that i'm listening to is this helping me grow myself into the best version of myself really reevaluating your relationship with knowledge and with the outside world this is also a good time to reevaluate your own personal morals and beliefs and societal ideals and things like that um, really thinking about how you see society in the future and the world that you want your children to grow up in then a few days after mercury retrograde enters into capricorn on january 29th we have venus going direct in the sign of capricorn so that'll be a huge sigh of relief for those who have capricorn or cancer placements especially capricorn or cancer rising so you guys must be feeling this transit right now oh my goodness 
So then after Venus goes direct on February 1st, we have a new moon in Aquarius. I love new moons because I was born on a new moon. So I'm really excited for the new moon in Aquarius and to get all that delicious Aquarian energy up in here. Um, then we're going to have Juno also on February 1st, the asteroid Juno, which is the asteroid that represents um, a wife or a lover um, that enters into Aquarius. Then on February 3rd, we have Mercury going direct after being retrograded since January 14th. I was right. It was since January 14th. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so when Mercury goes direct, that's just a really great time to communicate as much as you possibly can. Um, get yourself out of that retrograde shell. Stop isolating and really get yourself back out into the world. Then on February 8th, we have the last major moon phase before the full moon in Leo we have the first quarter moon in Taurus first quarter moons are a great time to start thinking about what you want to manifest for the full moon and how you're going to start taking action in order to make those manifestations come into reality a big thing with manifesting right it's all fine and dandy to say over and over I want to be a millionaire I want to be a millionaire I want to be a millionaire manifest that right and really bring that vibration into your existence into your physical plane but if you're not taking any action to do that right if you're just sitting on your phone scrolling around TikTok saying I want to be a millionaire I want to be a millionaire I want to be a millionaire how is that abundance going to find you you also need to be taking action even if that action is messy action in order to get your goals and your manifestations moving forward this is a collaborative project between you and God um so that's how I like to look at it. Anything that I'm trying to manifest is co as a collaboration between me and Yahweh. So we need to make moves to have our manifestations come to fruition. The next major transit we have on February 8th, the same day as the quarter moon in Taurus, we have Ceres, which is a asteroid all about the way that you were neglected as a child, the way that your mom did not care for you and how your partner needs to nurture you that astra moves into the sign of gemini then on february 14th we have palace entering into aries on valentine's day palace represents your talents in the arts your inner wisdom how you can share that kind of stuff with the world and aries is the beginning of a new adventure so look at where this transit falls in your chart so go to your birth chart and find the house that aries sits in and see what area of your life this transit's going to affect the most and how you can take action to start a new and creative thing within this area of your life this is a great time to just start being a little bit more creative um, I think it's really interesting that this transit happens on Valentine's Day when a lot of people are going to be getting super fiery and passionate um, <laughs> and sex is definitely a creative energy so that <laughs> oh I love astrology I love when the sky really reflects <laughs> what's going down on earth um, then on February 16th we have the full moon in Leo that's going to be a really great full moon a good one to manifest confidence with if you're trying to work on gaining confidence and gaining like self-security um, and then the last transit we have during Aquarius season is on February 18th as the sun enters into Pisces. So that is all the transits that are happening during Aquarius season. Just a quick rundown of them. So now let's talk about a few little self-care tips and tricks you can do during Aquarius season to really hone in on this amazing energy. So firstly, you can donate to a, an organization that is creating radical change within your community. 
Aquarius is all about creating societal change. So this is a great time to start supporting societal change within your local community. If you don't have the means to donate to a, um, like financially donate to a organization, donate your time or pick up an activism project of yourself. If you've noticed, like this is right around this time is when legislative season in the United States starts again. So if your legislators are starting like, up again and you want to have your voice be heard during Aquarius season, make some phone calls, girl. Get your activism pants on and make your voice be heard, okay? Um, <laughs> This is also a really good time to reevaluate the boundaries that you have in place to see if they need any adjustments. As I said before, Aquarius can be a little bit more of an aloof sign and like kind of detached. So if you notice yourself being more aloof and detached during this time, it would be good to flock towards people and, you know, contact the people that you really love and spend time with them to not let this like awkward energy <laughs> listen Aquarius I love you so much I think it's very apparent throughout this episode how much I love Aquarius but y'all are awkward and you guys are weird okay I can say that as a heavy Aquarius person I have been told before the only reason I'm not a boring Taurus is because of my Aquarius placements so um you guys are a little awkward and you're a little weird and your energy might make everybody feel a little awkward and weird so if you're holding on to that from Aquarius season Go tell somebody you love them. Go give somebody a hug. Even if it makes your skin crawl, just do it. Break out of this weird energy um, and you'll feel good about yourself for doing it and for challenging yourself. I also love using essential oils with each astrological transit or every time the sun moves, I change up my like oil routine. So for Aquarius season, the oils that I'm going to be working with are Valor to create confidence and be more secure within myself. White Angelica to help with any crazy energies that are going in the sky. This will help raise frequency and keep the calmness. Then I'm going to be using Orange to just bring some brightness and joy. We're going to be in the middle of winter. These are the most darkest months um, I live in New York so it's also super cold so I'm gonna also use orange so that I can um, <laughs> you hear my little Virgo who's happy um, I'm also going to use orange to bring in some joy and bring in some warmth in the middle of winter. And then vetiver. Vetiver is a really great essential oil for helping you to remain grounded, helping you to remain calm. It's also a really good one if you're working through unresolved traumas. You can actually go on PubMed and search up vetiver and anxiety and you'll get some interesting results for that. So go take a look at, um, <laughs> at vetiver anxiety. But those are the four oils that I am going to be using during Aquarius season to just you know keep myself grounded keep myself confident and keep my frequency elevated enough so that I am receptive to all the to all the expanding knowledge and information that comes with Aquarius season if you're interested in grabbing the oils that I was just talking about you could click the link in the show notes page to my Young Living site I am a brand partner for Young Living and I really love using their oils to help my witchery and when you grab oils with me you become a member of the sun and moon oily community we have classes every month that talk about different like witchy things and how to use your oils we do like full and new moon circles astrology stuff it's a really awesome community to be a part of um, and i would love to welcome you in it so click the link in the show notes page to check out those oils but anyway another really good thing that you could do during aquarius season to focus on yourself and like expand your mind because i feel like aquarius season is a really good 
um, it's a great time to collect more knowledge and specifically look into like more nonfiction things. Um, so I would suggest to read a nonfiction book. Bonus points if the book is about astrology or another area of life that Aquarius rules over, such as like technology, computers, even like a science book could could count for Aquarius. Um, so I just I would say read a nonfiction book, get your mind aligned with the energy that's in the air and as you read the book share about it Aquarius really loves to share their knowledge they're the water bearer they're constantly pouring out knowledge and resources for people forevermore like that's the point of Aquarius so share what you learn um, tag me in like an Instagram story or something when you post the book that you choose to read for Aquarius season because I would love to see what you're reading I don't know what I'm gonna read yet during Aquarius season I have so many books on my list I'm currently reading at the same time I'm currently reading um, a journey of souls or a soul's journey by Michael Newton uh, by dr. Michael Newton and then I'm also reading the 20 cases of reincarnation which are like confirmed cases of reincarnation i forgot who it was by but it's really interesting um i think it's like dr ian stevenson i don't know i'll just leave the names of the two books that i'm reading in the show notes page i also left a recommendation for my favorite astrology book it is called the only astrology book that you will ever need and like quite honestly that description um, by the title is very, very accurate. I learned so much from this book. Um, basically, everything I know about astrology came from this book and YouTube videos. Um, and then, you know, further research on specific like asteroids and stuff like that. Um, but this is a really, really good book. I have a link in the show notes page to go and check that book out. But really quickly, I want to read in the only astrology book that you ever need. Um, it's by, what's her name? Do, 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 Joanne Martine Wolfolk. Wolf, Wolfolk. I probably pronounced that wrong. But <laughs> in this book, each um, sign has like the legend of the zodiac sign and what their like origin story is. So I want to read Aquarius's with you because I think these are so interesting. And you will notice that these stories have um, mentions of other gods. But in another episode, like in the future, we're going to do a whole breakdown of how the <laughs> zodiac wheel is the story of Christ because that's like at the end of the day as above so below and that is a theme in astrology and Christianity so it's really cool to see all the parallels between things but anyway let's read the Aquarius legend so the 11th sign of the zodiac has its symbol the water barrier a human figure carrying a jar or receptacle from which water pours out in a stream. The symbol of the water bearer goes back to both Egypt and, ba and Babylonian regions. In Egypt, the water bearer was the god Hap, the personification of the Nile River. Hap carried two vases of water which represented both the South and the North Nile and was considered the sustainer of life. All living things would die without the waters of Hap. In Greek literature, the constellation of Aquarius was called the water pourer and sometimes thought to represent the god Jupiter, who at a command caused the waters to pour from heaven. It also demonstrates Dukleon, 
the only man to come through the great flood unharmed. At the beginning of creation, gods and humanity lived in harmony during the era called the Golden Age. The earth produced food without people having to till the soil. The waters flowed with wine and honey. Then Pandora opened her box of evils and plagues and sicknesses of the mind and body were released on the earth. The great god Jupiter looked down and decided to rid the world of people and create a new race worthier of life. With the help of his brother Neptune, Jupiter covered the earth with water. Only two people were saved, Della de Lucon and his wife Pyphra, who were both just and poised and who worshipped the gods faithfully. They took refuge on Mount Paranesius, and when Jupiter saw them, he remembered their exemplary lives. He caused the waters to recede and the earth to dry up. Then Della de Lucon, Deluclean and Prura, I am pronouncing those so wrong, I'm so sorry, <laughs> they were commanded to cast their bones of the mother behind them. Deluclean interpreted the bones of his mother to mean the stones of the earth, and he and Prithra began to pick up stones and cast them behind themselves as they walked. These stones slowly turned into human beings, the ones Deluclean threw through became men and the stones Perithra through became women. Thus, Delucon became the new race of mankind. I find this story to be incredibly interesting because it shows that the Great Flood was a legend within other cultures as well. Um, and that almost confirms the Great Flood more and like the existence of it because, you know, back in like Noah and the Flood kind of thing. Obviously, that's what I'm referring to. Um, so I just find that really interesting. I also find learning these little legends about each of the signs is just it's like a fun little like fun little thing to learn, you know, um, even if we don't necessarily believe in the gods that um, are talked about in these legends I still think they're fun and they're interesting to learn and if you're studying astrology or trying to use it for your self-care for your practice understanding how ancient people saw these signs would be really interesting but stick around to the end because our verse of the day might have a little bit to do with Aquarius anyway this is my <laughs> conversation with you about Aquarius season self-care I hope it was helpful for you um, please shoot me an Instagram message either on the podcast page which is the Jesus Witch pod or my Instagram page which is Lena the Jesus Witch um, shoot me a message on either one of those and let me know if any of these tips helped you or if there's anything you want to add or any questions that you have about Aquarius season um, I would love 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 to hear your feedback you could also leave feedback in our Gmail account you could like send me an email and I will leave the Gmail address in the show notes page if you want to check out any of the books mentioned in this podcast episode or any of the self-care tips that I have or even snack those oils that I was talking about because they are the bomb diggity check the show notes page there's a lot of information down there so go and look there and if you're curious about learning how Aquarius season and the transits of these coming weeks are going to affect you personally in your birth chart I do natal chart reading so you can head over to my Instagram page Lena the Jesus Witch and if you click the link that's in my bio there's a place to book a reading with me 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm so excited to be creating this podcast for you. And I really hope that you're enjoying these episodes so far. Again, if you want to donate to this podcast and help us get a better microphone so that, you know, it's a little bit more soothing to your ears to listen to. I think I only need around $70 to get the microphone that I want. Um, It's called the Blue Snowball. It's really pretty. But anyway, um, (laughs) you can head over to the paypal.me link. It's just paypal.me slash the Jesus Witch podcast. Um, It's also going to be in the show notes page. So head over there if you want to help us out with that goal of getting a real life microphone and not like a $5 pair of headphones from Five Below. Anyway, um, today's verse of the day. So as I said before, this one's going to relate to Aquarius. And I really love this verse because it shows, it just shows how God created these signs. A big reason why I study astrology and why I love it so much because for me, it's ex- it's proof. It's proof of the existence of God. I think astrology is way too specific for it to be random and it's very obvious that somebody's took these stars and placed them so that the energies that's up above in heaven will reflect down below on earth so um this verse is jesus uh, referring to the age of aquarius and which is the age that we live in jesus was born during the age of pisces which was a big spiritual era for the earth that was when the crusades happened obviously that was when Jesus was born that was more so the foundation of organized religion so now we're in the age of Aquarius where people are more revolutionizing religion finding their own way connecting to spirit in such a beautiful way um, so I, I just love this verse anyway let's get to it so it's Luke twenty two ten, and it says Jesus replied as soon as you enter Jerusalem a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you follow him at the house that he enters that is the beginning of the age of Aquarius I feel like as a Jesus witch and as an astrology lover um this verse is a commandment to me from Christ to use the energy and as I'm talking about this I have a Jesus candle I love using seven day candles for my practice um so I have a Jesus candle lit and as I talk about this his flame is going wild he's so happy that I'm talking about this and I'm speaking so authentically about how much I love astrology and I love connecting it with him but I feel like it's a commandment from Christ to use these energies that are in the sky to not only like help our own self improve improvement but to help others like you know when I look at one of my friends birth charts when they're dealing with an issue and I can help them um, grow as a human it is such a gratifying feeling not only for me but for them because they're using this awesome tool I think your birth chart is the closest thing that we get to see as humans to our personal soul contract right so this is a powerful tool you get to see it and it's tangible Um, so it's really awesome using them and the whole point of astrology is to learn how to grow and grow into a better individual and a better human and the whole point of Jesus is to learn how to grow into a better human um, with the guidance of the father so I just I love meshing the two and uh, this verse just meshes it meshes it very well in a way that makes me very happy okay Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I had so much fun recording this one. Um, And yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on so that next week you get a notification when I drop a new episode. Anyway, I'll talk to you again next week. Um, Okay, this is an awkward ending. So bye.